The Fanfic Writers Craft is a podcast that discusses all things fanfiction with a focus in the art and science of writing for the enjoyment of fan communities. My name is Joe, aka Pebbly Sand, and I'll be your host for the next hour or so. My co-host, Lani, writes online under the name Copper Dust. You'll meet her shortly. In this episode, we talk about writing, about politics and social issues in fanfiction. We chat about the ins and outs of building a fictional political system, the challenges in making sense of canon sometimes, and the ethics of tackling more controversial topics. We talk about art as a medium for social justice and political dissent, and discuss whether we think artists have a duty to be politically engaged. But for now, buckle up, get yourself a nice cup of tea, and welcome to the Fanfic Writers Craft. And welcome to the Fanfic Writers Craft. This is Joe. I hope you're all doing well. I'm with Lani today. So how are you? What's been up? It's been a couple of weeks. Um, I'm really excited because I'm going to see Hamilton tonight. Oh, great. Where are you? Are you seeing it? Like, yeah, I'm guessing you're not uh, seeing it in New York or whatever you're seeing it. Yeah. No, no, I'm seeing it at like the, uh, I guess maybe the Princess of Wales or something. One of, one of the major theaters in Toronto. I'm going and um hoping hoping that i will be able to actually get downtown because we had a blizzard last night and there's like five feet of snow outside oh no it's really really good like i saw it in london in 2019 obviously british cast uh but it was amazing i absolutely loved it and i'm not a musical person like unlike you i guess Mm -hmm. Uh, but i i loved it so much um yeah, no, I, I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Do they have British accents? Because I feel like that's the kind of show where you actually like need a, them to not have British accents. No, they didn't have British accents. Uh, they did like the normal American uh, accent, except for the king, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was really, really good. Like I really, really enjoyed it. And as I say, I'm not a musical person, but it didn't feel like your traditional sort of musical where they just like break into song for no reason at least <laughs> from my opinion um so i really i really really enjoy this i i have lots to say about musicals maybe that's for another episode where maybe we talk about fan fiction of, of musical theater and what that means <laughs> <laughs> i'd love that honestly uh yeah. but yeah anyway so this week We are going to talk about a topic that not only came second in our little poll that we did on Tumblr a couple weeks ago, but it's also something that I've been looking forward to talking about for a while uh, because it's something that's very important and dear to me as a writer, which is including uh, political topics and social and societal issues in fanfiction. I think... As I've aged, I've become more and more of a political writer and more and more keen on including like political topics and political stories in fan fiction. And so, yeah, I think it's going to be a very interesting chat. I think for me, the, the first thing that I kind of wanted to talk about and, and talk about with you is I think for me, there's two ways of writing politics and writing political themes in fan fiction and in fiction in general. You've got like your sort of political drama, which would be something like The West Wing or to a certain extent, The Good Wife, uh, that has, that, that has like a political setting. You know, you're like, you're following people in the White House or whatever it is. Um, and on another side, there's, you know, including political sort of social and political issues 
in writing that is not necessarily about politics like it could be about like a political setting but it could be something else and that would be you know including I don't know immigration or feminism or like big sort of social and political topics in fan fiction without necessarily it being the setting do you kind of agree what's your what's your take on on politics in fiction in general i mean i think those two ways of writing about politics exist but i think there's also a third way which is through allegory so Mm. not explicitly stating or addressing the thing you're talking about but over the course of your story it should become clear to a smart reader what the allegory is so i mean this this is not a fan fiction but obviously Mm -hmm. animal farm would be an example of of an allegory. So I think that's kind of like the third area. Uh, may- maybe not as common in fan fiction, but I did want to um, include that. Yeah, no, I think I think that's fair. I think that's not really... I think it's a very interesting thing. It's not really something that I do. But I think, yeah, I think you're right. And maybe it's not as common in fan fiction because... I don't know, maybe it doesn't call for it as much. And I'm not, I'm not really sure, actually, because you could, you could do fan fiction like that. Um, but yeah, I think... As far as I know, like for me, my work has definitely become more and more political as I age. And Castles is definitely, Castles is probably the full tinfoil manufacturing art. Definitely, uh, my most sort of political, uh, works to date. So I think, uh, the first kind of question that we could tackle is how do we go about setting up a political system because I think if you're gonna if you're gonna write about politics and if you're gonna write about politics in you know that first sort of prong which is writing about politics in a political setting as well you need to set up a system and I think if you're writing about our world like if you're writing fan fiction about a show or a book or whatever that happens in our world like when I was writing about The Good Wife that's much easier because the political system is already set up for you you just have to discuss it but I think if you're gonna write about uh, fandoms that are more you know um, sci-fi or or fantasy or anything you're gonna have to run into the issue on how to set up the world and and what you what you want your political system to be so I was wondering where do we kind of draw inspiration in doing that and and what do you sort of think the similarities and the differences that we have from like the real world and the like metaphorical world are i'm probably not the best person to be answering this question because i have not written the kind of like fantasy or sci-fi story where i'm like setting up my own political system and there are authors who are doing really elaborate world building um, but for me, I, I don't really do that sort of thing. I, I like to set my stories in, in the real world. And I would say that most of my stories are, are not really inspired or connected to any kind of like modern, like contemporary politics. Um, because I think for me, I sometimes find contemporary politics less interesting to me than history because I feel like I don't have perspective. I don't have some distance to look back on it and, and find out, you know, what, what did end up being the ramifications. And, and it's everything feels so sensitive and touchy at the moment when it's new so that we can't take kind of a broader look at it the way we can with history. So I, I just feel like I need some like space from 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 modern politics which is interesting because i think if you read my story merry men 
Um, you would probably assume that it's overtly political or inspired by politics because it's set against the backdrop of the Vietnam War. And I mean, that's, that's a pretty clearly <laughs> political event. Um, and my main character is drafted against his will. And that, that seems pretty political. Um, but to me, um, this is more of a, a story about the kind the soul and and coming of age and and spirituality and it's it's not about me drawing a conclusion about that specific historical event partially because i feel like those conclusions have already been drawn like i feel this it's it's been a long time now i think people are almost universally like they now understand that that whole episode of history was a a bad mistake so like i don't need to be you know, answering that question that's sort of already been answered. Um, I'm more interested in certain aspects of the Vietnam War that I feel mm-hmm. um, I feel can connect to uh, broader themes that are sort of universal, like alienation and loneliness and 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 fear and maintaining the integrity of your own soul in a in a situation that feels psychologically unsurvivable, which. I think can can sort of stay with us even as that particular historical situation is ended. In some of my other stories, like I do reference historical events and politics, mainly to um, ground them and sort of contextualize mm-hmm. them in a certain moment in time, um, and and give a kind of sense of specificity to the setting. Um, but when I reference a historical event in the backdrop of a story, I try to use an event that has some kind of thematic or emotional connection to what the main character is going through or what would feel relevant or interesting to that character rather than just, okay, what, what happened on the, that was the biggest news. So for example, check the spindle is partially set in 1969. There were a lot of huge news stories in 1969, but the, the one that I reference is that a relatively minor story, which is that um, the British government created a new 50 pence coin that was like a seven-sided coin. And Lily notices that because um, she's a child and most politics are going over her head and she's not really paying attention because she's a nine-year-old. But in that but but she understands the idea of a new coin because a coin is something that you can hold in your hand, that you can touch, that you can feel. And especially because um, a lot of that story is about her kind of learning to do sort of wild magic without a wand, without any formal training. And coins, mm-hmm. I think, are associated with like kind of table magic and like small magic. You know, if, if children could do magic, which they cannot, they, they would do magic with little things like coins. Yeah. So it felt, it felt relevant. Um, and it was also like she and Petunia in that story are very much latchkey kids who would be given money to, you know, go buy this. And, you know, kind of going around unsupervised the way kids used to do. So that, that's why it felt relevant. Not because it's the greatest news story of 1969, but because it would feel relevant to that character in that context. But I mean, since you're such a, a much more political writer in terms of like explicitly addressing politics, I think you're probably better off at uh, answering this question. Yeah, um, so I think for me, the first thing that I'll look up um, and that I'll look at when I'm, you know, trying to build a political system and, and in a fic like Castles where politics is quite important is what is in canon, right? Because you're you're writing fan fiction, so obviously canon is the first thing that you're going to be looking at. And canon will be more or less rich depending on 
the kind of story that it is and the author as well. You know, for instance, I, I think personally, J.K. Rowling was probably not very interested in developing a coherent uh, <laughs> political system. Unfortunately, uh, I think it's not only that it's non-democratic, obviously that's intentional, but it's also that it doesn't just make logical sense. There's a lot of things that we don't know. We don't know how the wizard gamut is appointed. We don't know um, if if wizards vote at all. We don't understand. Sure, there's no separation of power, but that's not really explained and we don't really understand what is set up in the way that it is set up. So I think that's kind of where I look at and I'm like, okay, this is what exists in canon. And then I identify the gaps that I need to fill. So you know the things that I've just mentioned and then I will try to fill those gaps and the way that I fill those gaps will kind of depend what I'm trying to do right so I'll take two things into consideration the one the general environment that I'm in so obviously the the world of Harry Potter is set in the UK just generally so that will be what I'm looking at right I'm like okay how is the UK set up like how how or or maybe historically what was it set up like what was the Wizengamot is that the House of Lords like how does the House of Lords how does the House of Lords function all of those things and so I'll try and pick the elements that I want to integrate them to the story, but also keeping in mind what I'm trying to say about the story itself. So, you know, I'm trying to, for instance, in Castles, I'm trying to show reform. I'm trying to show that we're going from a form of government that is quasi-autocratic to a democracy and a functioning democracy. And so I'm like, okay, this is what I have in canon. This is where I want to go. And this is how I can move the pieces in order to get to that point. So yeah, I'll take inspiration from what is in the UK, but I'll modify it to fit my agenda. So to give an example, like the justice system, you know, there's a lot of things that I took from the UK, like the fact that they have solicitors and barristers and, you know, those kinds of things. And But I'll, I'll twist them a bit. So, for instance, in castles in the wizarding justice system, the prosecution go, goes last. And that's like for us, for lawyers generally and like for in demo, like democratic sort of system, that's very important that the defense goes last because that's the last thing that you hear if you're trying to if you're if you're being tried and that's important for the rights of the defense so i'll flip that around in castles so that you know the prosecution goes last and that's like a tiny little bit of detail but that's going to be like okay that's an element that will show the reader that this is not a particularly great system and so we can build on that and like i can develop it and, and and make it more democratic in the long run so i think that's kind of the way that i do that is like looking at canon what is in canon what are the gaps in canon what are the gaps that i need to fill and then building on top of that looking at the uk in the case of harry potter obviously if it was another fandom that was set in the us or another fandom that was set in another country i'd look at that country specifically and at the history of that country specifically and then playing with certain details to sort of fit my agenda and fit what I'm trying to show overall in the fic. But I'm wondering, kind of building on to that, what do you think are the main challenges that, you know, you face um, in, in doing that kind of work and in building a political story, especially when I think you're moving out of canon. So say, you know, canon is 
a story for children, for instance, and you're trying to uh, build a political system and, and make it a little bit more of a political story that might be a little bit more for ad- adults or something. So what do you think are the kind of challenges that we face in that realm? Um, I think it it does depend on the specifics of what you're writing. The first thing is getting it right. I mean, if you are in a fantasy world and it's not based on real world politics, you don't have to worry as much about getting it right, but you should be worrying about does it make sense within the laws of this universe. If you're referencing like real world politics that have actually happened, then you do kind of want to know that you're getting it right. Which is not to say that like, if you have a character who is meant to be understood as ignorant and that person in their dialogue is saying things that are wrong, that's not you as an author getting it wrong, mm. right? Like, you know, in my, in, in the scene between, um, you know, when Uncle Vernon starts running his mouth about politics, like, <laughs> you know, those are not my opinions being aired. That's like yeah. the kind of thing someone like Uncle Vernon would say. Um, but I think another thing to consider, which is a different, a different issue is, um, the context of the scene you're writing and how the political reference is fitting into that scene. So are you creating some, tonal dissonance between the seriousness of the political story and the scene, and is that intentional or not? So you, like a lot of times, um, you can create comedy or tragedy by contrasting something very silly with something else very serious. And um, I think we can all think of how like acting like something is serious when it's very silly is obviously a source of comedy, right? Like taking things too seriously. Like an example would Mm -hmm. be the movie Election starring Reese Witherspoon, where she's like a high school kid running for like student council election, but she takes it deeply seriously, even though it's kind of a silly thing. Um, On the opposite side of that, um, I'm actually going to reference a Ben Fold song called Cologne. That's a very sad song and not intended to be silly, but but Ben Folds actually creates dissonance by having the protagonist of the song, who's been through a breakup, uh, mention a very silly news story that he reads and immediately wishes he could have shared with his ex. careful about referencing uh, very serious politics in a silly or lighthearted scene, but I'm not totally against it either. I would just think about how it's reading and maybe share the scene with your better reader and ask them how it reads to another person. Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. I definitely think, uh, I definitely think that's true. And that's something that you kind of need. I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's kind of something that you need to trade carefully with. Um, I think for me in Castles, the biggest challenge, to be honest, is kind of what I was referencing above, which is, you know, canon being very, canon existing on certain levels, but being very unclear and, um, you know, having to fill in those gaps. But I also think that's kind of the fun in fan fiction, especially when you're writing, you know, canon compliant fan fiction 
is trying to make certain things fit and make sense in a way that canon doesn't. Um, so I think, you know, that's one of the most challenge, like it, it's one of the biggest challenges, but it's also one of the most rewarding enterprises, I feel, and what I really love about fan fiction. You know, you, you, you don't know where the Wizarding Gamble comes from, you don't know what their powers are, like the separation of powers in Harry Potter is completely inexistent, like the justice system is bizarre, etc. So a, school, a school principal seems to be in charge yeah. of the political system. <laughs> so you're just kind of trying to make that make sense, and I think... Um, that's kind of that's that's also the beauty of it is you know trying to reconcile a canon and expand on it in a system that makes more sense within the world that we live in and the, within the world of the reader definitely and i think for me as a teacher like the thought of me having these responsibilities as a teacher and then outside of school hours also having responsibility of being a spy and fighting evil is just so so <laughs> overwhelming to have to do that at the same time like i do not have the energy to be like a spy and a freedom fighter at the same time as i'm doing this <laughs> no fair enough but you know dumbledore is like 150 years old he's got experience he's been teaching for years like it's not the same thing <laughs> yeah but severus snape is like not that much older than i am true, and true and like i'm so tired <laughs> so um uh, we also wanted to ask, um, in terms of including broader political themes, what's the point of including these issues in fan fiction? Yeah, it's kind of a big question. I think for me, the reason why I write about politics, and for me, like in currently in Castles, I do both. I write about political issues, and I also write about the political system. Like I do both in one place. And I think, to me, it's just that uh, it's just about writing what I want to write about and what's important to me. I think I've come to terms with the fact that I'm a very political person and that might be due to my heritage as well. Like I think I've heard in polls and stuff that French people are more politically aware and more... French people are very politically engaged and polarized just generally and I've definitely seen that in you know, being in Ireland, like I find Irish people a lot less political than French people just generally. And I think, but I think I am very French in that way that I'm quite political. And so for me, that's kind of the point of writing is also, you know, if I'm a political person, I'm thus a political writer. Um, and there's a very long tradition of art being used as a political medium and as a medium to kind of uh, react and also try and influence uh, politics and political themes and I think I definitely fall in that tradition and in fan fiction as well like I think you know we we think of art as a broader thing and I think fan fiction is definitely art and I think you know that's that's kind of where I fall on it's you know to me art is about telling the stories that you know maybe other people can't tell as well or don't want to hear and I think that's what is important is writing about politics because that is how I view art. Now, I don't think this is mandatory. Like if you're not someone who's interested in politics and who like it's just not your thing, um, there's no I don't think it's mandatory for artists to be politically engaged. But I think a lot of artists are and it is a tradition in art. And I think 
that's definitely where I fall. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I wouldn't necessarily have a comment on it belonging specifically in fan fiction as opposed to like art in general. But I mean, I think the same way when we talked about like well, not we, but when you guys talked about smut, it's like saying this is a part of life and you're writing about life, right? So, you know, I think when you're writing a story, there's no, oh, we mm -hmm. can't talk about religion or politics at the dinner table. Like we can talk about whatever we want. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. So um, we wanted to go on to talk a little bit about um, how do you ensure that your personal beliefs and opinions don't overshadow the original material or the story you're trying to tell? Yeah, so... <laughs> So that's kind of a funny one because I definitely am not concerned about that. <laughs> from I think from uh, from you know people who read my stories will know this. Like my politics are all over my stories, and I think sometimes like the politics themselves are the story, and that's kind of falling into that first prong that we were talking about about like writing political dramas and stuff. But like in a lot of in a lot of my stories, and I think you know you look at the Fulton Fund manufacturing, you look at castles. The the politics are a center part of the story, and they're very much close to the story. And so I'm not really concerned about it overshadowing anything and overshadowing especially the kind of original material because that's not really the story that I'm trying... Like, I'm not trying to replicate the original material. I'm just trying to write a different story and my story is about politics. So, you know, I've, I've kind of accepted the fact that I'm not writing what the original material is saying. I'm writing my own thing and I'm, and I'm writing my own beliefs as well and my own uh, sort of questions about social issues as well. Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's not a matter of, of worrying that my beliefs are overshadowing the story. It's trying to give the characters a range of views and opinions that don't always correspond to mine. Mm -hmm. And I think also, um, not presenting a straw man version of opinions I would disagree with, but giving them a fair hearing based on l listening to people who have those opinions and, and how they actually phrase them. So, you know, when I'm writing Merry Men, like I, I, I do, I have read, you know, perspectives on, on war and on that specific war that like don't align with my own, but there, there's always something in them that's like a, some, an angle I didn't consider or that I didn't necessarily know somebody was going to have that opinion. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of that story is me being sort of self-critical in that the main character reflects me a lot. And then so it's, you know, all the ways he sort of gets his ass handed to him and <laughs> learns, learns his lesson about being sort of, you know, stuck up and thinking he's better than other people and thinking he knows everything when actually the opposite is true. You know, that's me being self-critical, right? And so... I, I've definitely learned a lot about war and specifically how to view it through a perspective that isn't my just like innate, yeah. I don't want to do it because it's scary. <laughs> <laughs> very basic, very childlike, like no, like I, I wouldn't want to get hurt. Like that's my perspective, but trying to understand it from the perspective of other people who have um, a different worldview towards it. I mean, mm -hmm. especially I've also written a story that's a fan fiction based on the Alexander uh, trilogy about Alexander the Great. And, you know, the way I talk about war in that story is so different because, again, it's a different cultural context. And just just the way that they perceive and understand war there, it's so different 
and I can't t- discuss it in a way that reflects like my personal sort of very pacifist view of war. So I, I just want to read a quote from that story that I wrote. This is in the third person, but it's from the perspective of the general Ptolemy. Um, so it says, he thought he might be able to love his fellow generals even when prompted by necessity to make war against them. War was the language of these great men. They studied it as boys and they played at it, and then it became them such that they recognized themselves in the mirror by battle scars alone. One could declare war against enemies, yes, but war could also be a communique of mutual respect. War was a channel for just one more kind of love. So in that society, like, making war is honorable, it's respectable, it's a means of gaining social status, and it is masculinity. So they don't necessarily, mm. like, perceive it in the way that we have a very, like, human rights-oriented approach to war. And I'm trying to kind of cross that gap between the, the difficulty of perceiving it in any way other than I would and the reality, which is that other cultures viewed it differently than, than I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but I think what you're saying is very interesting. And I've definitely had that in a much lesser scale, but... That's not something that's come up in castles yet because I haven't really had time to explore it, but I'm definitely planning to explore it in the future is, you know, I'm writing it from Harry's perspective and Harry's an auror and a lot of people in fandoms are liberals and thus a lot of people in fandom are more questioning of the police, let's say, uh, in terms of mm-hmm. power, in terms of what the police does and, and, and the way it operates and the biases that it operates under and all that stuff. And, and, and I'm definitely on that, on that bandwagon personally. And it's interesting to write someone who is part of that. And it's kind of like, it's about trying to be like, okay, well, what would he think? Because you know, that that is his job and that is what he wanted to do. And I, I definitely stand by J.K. Rowling's decision of making him an aura. I think that's that's true to the character. And, and so it's kind of interesting to explore that because that's not something like I would never want to be a police officer. Like that's not, you know, I don't think, I, I think a lot, there's a lot of problems with the police force. And so- But I, I, think, he, I think, I don't think Harry perceives himself as being like a cop. I think he perceives himself as kind of like a Simon Wiesenthal who's like, I want to hunt down every last one of these people who, you know. Yeah, but I think, I, I think, yes, but I think that's what's interesting because I'm not someone, like, personally, I'm not someone who has that kind of desire to, like, hunt down people who are, who've committed crimes. And so I think it's interesting as a writer to sort of explore that and explore what that would look like in a character and it's what it's one of the things that are very interesting about writing is like you get to see different perspectives and you get to kind of investigate different perspectives and so I think like for me that's kind of a perspective that I'm not very familiar with and it's so it's kind of challenging and fun to write um yeah I definitely I definitely get like trying to inhabit that perspective that is maybe a more aggressive worldview than the one that that we have yeah um, do you want to talk a little bit about the backlash you've gotten? I don't think... Okay, so I don't think I got, like, significant backlash for writing political and social, like, themes. Like, I don't... Most... I would say that most of the comments 
that I get are actually quite positive. And I remember, I remember when I started writing castles, I was a bit shyer, more about like, not really about social issues, but more about writing and about politics in general, because I was like, who is going to care about like the inner workings of the ministry and how elections are, are, uh, voted on in the wizarding world and how their economic system works and all that stuff I was like no one's gonna care and mm-hmm. actually like a lot of the comments that I get are positive comments about this um so I think it, it surprisingly is seems to be something that is very interesting to people um I have gotten backlash but it's it's always been like backlash that I don't feel is particularly relevant like it's what I talked about in our last episode, which is, you know, calling me a Nazi supporter because Draco gets a short sentence or, you know, kind of getting backlash about like someone, someone wrote to me a very, very long comment about how there is no evidence in canon that, uh, the wizard gamut, like basically that the wizarding world is an aristocracy mm-hmm. and that the wizard gamut is anything but democratic. And I don't really feel, I don't really feel like those that criticism is very legit because there's very little evidence of anything to be honest like you're yeah there's very little first of all there's very little evidence of anything and secondly you know the the little evidence that we do have is pointing towards it being not like not as much of a democracy as we think it is um so yeah i'm not i'm not really i'm not really pressed about that um I think most of the criticism that I've had and most of the backlash that I have is more about like including Mm -hmm. darker themes, but it's not necessarily about the inclusion of political and social issues. Um, And when I have had it, it's never really felt relevant. It's never been like, oh, you know, you shouldn't like, you shouldn't write such liberal politics or whatever. I've never had that. I think, I think if anybody who was on the other side of the fans like they're probably not reading that thick to be honest yeah (laughs) so so i feel like you know i feel like i don't really get that much i don't get as much of a backlash as you would think um and the ones that i do are a bit nonsensical in fairness so um what advice would you have for other writers who want to include political and social issues in their fan fiction just go for it don't be scared like I don't know I, d- I don't know if you if you agree and like I think I think it would be interesting to, for you to answer that one but it's like for me it's kind of like if you don't want to write about that there is nothing wrong with that like there is nothing wrong about not wanting to write mm-hmm. about politics and wanting to write about other things but if it is something that you do want to write about um just go for it. I think there's a lot of fear at the moment, especially for artists of not wanting to be political because you're scared that, you know, people will react badly or that, you know, you'll receive a backlash or, you know, like even more, a lot more prominent writers, uh, you know, or, or singers or whatever are scared of getting political because they don't want to be cancelled or, you know, that kind of thing. So I think there's, there's kind of a like movement of backtracking at the moment. And I think, you know, that's kind of sad. And I don't think we should be scared of, of taking stands and being wrong and admitting that we're wrong if we have taken a wrong stance in the stand in the past. Um, it is, it is a risk, but I feel like it is a risk worth doing because as artists, it's kind of important and it's what art has been about for a very long time. And so, 
I think it's worth it. And, and if you want to do it, do it. Be brave. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, um, I, I would say the same thing about politics as, as writing about anything else that kind of scares you to write about, um, mm-hmm. which is once you have this scared feeling like I shouldn't write about this or I'm not allowed to, that's, that's, that's when, that's the, t- the moment when you have to lean further into that. Yeah. Like once you start feeling uncomfortable, like that's usually the best part that when you need to push this further and, and make sure you do it. I found that for me every time I'm like, I'm scared to write this scene. Like it's so sensitive. I'm, I'm going to get in trouble. It's wrong. I'm not allowed to be the person who writes this. Just push a little harder and do it because that is the most interesting scene you're going to write. Yeah. And I think trust your instincts as well. Um, you, I think, of course, you should do research. And, you know, that's kind of, that was kind of my point earlier about me being inspired by the UK political system and trying to kind of transfer that onto fan fiction and onto, like, make it fit within canon. Mm-hmm. You know, I think you need to make, to do a minimum of research, right? Please be interested in politics to write about it and to kind of write about it in a respectful and an informed manner. But at the same time, I think trust your instincts as well. Like if there's something you really want to write about and a way that you really want to write it, um, just write Mm -hmm. it. Like don't obsess over it and don't like second guess yourself too much. Um, As long as you've done the research and you know what you're talking about, um, either because you've done the research or because it's something that you're ju- you've done the research for that particular fic, or if it's something that like you're interested in in general, but you know, kind of trust your instincts as well. And if it's something that you want to write, like write it. I think uh, that's kind of my my take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I think we're gonna wrap up. Um, this was a shorter episode, but a nice one. Um, so, do you have any recommendations for us this week, Lani? Yeah, I guess I would recommend that song "Cologne" by Ben Folds. Um, mm-hmm. I've started reading the book um, Alexander Child of a Dream by hold on a second uh, Valerio Manfredi so this is the English translation the original is in Italian and that's it for me on recommendations that's great and I'm going to recommend so I've talked about this on Tumblr but for me one of the sort of contemporary inspirations that I really draw from in terms of my attitude to covering politics and covering like social issues in art is Lily Allen I think I don't agree with her all the time but I think the way that she talks about wanting to be political and wanting to be outspoken and wanting to write and and do music about politics um right now is incredibly refreshing and it's a take that you don't really hear that much um I think she's very intentional about the political themes and the things that she writes about and it's she's been a huge inspiration for me in terms of having the courage and the will to tackle these issues in my work as well so I've linked in the show notes three interviews in which she kind of talks about it and there's a I think she's more on the point I was making earlier about like to me there's no duty to artists of uh, writing about politics it's something that you should do if you want to I think she's a lot more aggressive about that and a lot more like it is a duty for artists <laughs> to talk about politics so you can agree or disagree with her on that uh, but I think the way she talks about it is very interesting and and especially there's a podcast episode where she's talking uh, to George Ezra about it and he's asking her 
about her political stances and the way she like tweets a lot and is very political on Twitter and stuff. And he's asking her like, why are you so political? And she's like, why aren't you? <laughs> Which I think is a, is a very interesting uh, take. And it's a bit awkward. Like the interview is a bit awkward, but I think it's uh, she's very inspiring in that way. And I, and mm-hmm. I really, really love her. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to recommend these three interviews t- for anyone who is interested in writing about politics, but is a bit on the fence and yeah. Okay, um, so Lani, where do we find you online? Um, I remain at copper-dust on both Tumblr and AO3. And I am Pebbly Sand on Tumblr and AO3. You can find the podcast if you have any feedback, suggestions, or topics for next episodes at thefanficwriterscraft.tumblr.com. Our ask box is always open. This was a very interesting discussion. Thank you, Lani. Um, bye, everyone. Bye. bye.